and welcome to South of Hollywood. Thanks for hey. joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, thanks for your patience. You know, uh, being a solo crew is always its own challenges. I was like, oh, my secretary will let him know I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm the secretary, obviously. <laughs> right. Yes. So yeah, let's just jump right in. So um, why don't you introduce yourself and, and let us know where you're at? Uh, my name is Derry Titan. I am in Los Angeles, California. Um, and I am a screenwriter slash director slash producer slash whatever editor slash. <laughs> I mean, I could pretty much do it all. I'm actually self-taught um, filmmaker. I do have an MFA degree. So, um, in terms of screenwriting, so, but in terms of filmmaking, I'm a self-taught filmmaker. So from oh. Chicago, Illinois. Hey, so. love for the Midwest. Yes, definitely. So why don't we just jump right in? So we usually like to start with the segment called coming attractions. And this is where we talk about what we're watching, what we're looking forward to, you know, some trailers, some good stories you want to see so why don't you you know let us know what you're watching what are you looking forward to <laughs> oh man is you know it's so funny because it's so much content on tv right now it's like i'm like behind the eight ball i'm trying to catch up with so much stuff so and then on top of that they have made it so convenient to binge everything so mm -hmm. i think the last thing i binge was probably uh uh ozark i think oh I there's a new season right yeah there's a new season and it excuse me it was pretty good so and, and i'm catching up with uh i just it's like i'm on twitter a lot so kings of napa has been piquing my interest a lot so i keep seeing it yeah. so i was like well let me check it out so i started watching that i got to like the third fourth episode last night I was like, this is pretty interesting. So um, I'll probably continue watching that. Um, definitely been watching Peacemaker. So Oh, I know. I just watched it and binged a couple episodes last night, too. <laughs> so, you know, so Peacemaker is pretty good. It's, it's kind of getting good. Um, I got to catch up on, like, I think uh, episode seven and eight. Um, yeah, I, I, man, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of times for me... Like I try not to go week to week to week because it's so hard to stay in tune with it. But uh, uh, yeah, so I try to, you know, try to wait for stuff to kind of play all the way out. Um, but one of the things I'm watching too is I can't get enough of is uh, The Harder They Fall. Oh, oh, I don't think I heard about that. What's that one about? The Harder They Fall, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Black Western film. Oh, oh, the movie. You know what? I still haven't seen that. Don't beat me up. What? Oh, up. goodness. I'm like you. I'm playing catch up too. Like, I literally, I can't. I'm like, like I said, I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm I'm into escapism too. So I want to see it, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it is, it is really, 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 really a really good film. I'm not going to even front. It really is a good film. It's uh, probably 
probably one of my favorite films. In fact, I, I, I've seen it like probably over 10, maybe 12 times. Like, oh, man. And I ain't even seen it once. Come on. You got to share some of those views. You got to yeah. pass them out. Look. Yeah, it's it. You know, it's, it's one of the things about that particular film. One of the things about I think it's not just the music or the like. I like love. I like a good black love story. So that's one of the things, you know what I'm saying? That's like watching, have you saw uh, Love Life? Yes, I did watch Love Life in season two with uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, it was really good. So you so you could see like the progression of like, uh, like, a, like a real black romance happen over time. And it has like all of these different stops, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of it. So I like, so I like stuff like that, so. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, like I said, I, I watched Peacemaker and mostly because of Danielle, uh, that the the girl from Orange is the New Black is in it. So I wanted to see her. Danielle Davis, I think her name is. She's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um and uh I actually have been watching the after party on Apple TV. Have you heard of that? It's got um I think it's got Tiffany Haddish in it and then a whole bunch of, you know, um you know i'm bad i should have known my black actors but it's got uh it's got actually, it's worry. got two black actors in it okay so it's really progressive at this point yeah uh but no it's actually you know just like a star-studded cast sort of thing ensemble cast but tiffany haddish is the lead and it's just hilarious and amazing and it's actually really interesting and it's kind of a murder mystery whodunit with like a clue sort of twist you know mm. very kind of you know ridiculous and um all about like converging incidents coincidences you know that that trickle out to make something appear one way when it's not you know sort of thing so it's actually really good yeah very Christa, very agatha christie um so, hold on Ife, let me ask you something right quick uh-huh are you watching abbott elementary yeah i was just about to say that abbott elementary give it the emmy right now give it the emmy Give it to him. Give it to him right now. It is the best show on television. Okay. Like it is really good. Now I've never met Quinta, but I've met um Janelle James, who plays mm. kind of her arch nemesis now. And I feel like she's just like leaning into it. And yeah. um, I do stand-up comedy. I'm a baby comedian. So okay. and I met her here in LA at one of my friends. He used to have a weekly set before the pandemic. So I had met her, you know, then, and I thought she was funny. I mean, I did, she didn't know me, of course, but I was like, oh my God, you're like hilarious. You're amazing. And um, just see her on the show. I'm like, yes, that is, she is like the best villain that ever existed in comedy. I'm just like, give her an Emmy. She's amazing. Right. And then Shirley Lee Ralph. Oh my God. Yeah. Give yeah. it to them. Give yeah, they, it to yeah. them. They're so funny. And even the white boy, he yeah. is playing the straight man. I mean, yeah. so good. He yeah. is he's nailing every scene. And it's just like, wow, that is hilarious. Yeah. Like they, they got some, they got some really good uh archetypes on there. Yeah. So which which would bring me to even you say you're a comedian. So have you saw the Miss Pat show? Oh, wait a minute. I think I Wait, Miss Pat so, show. Yeah, Miss Pat show. It's so on Amazon. No, I think I saw something like that, and maybe it came across the thing, but I didn't watch it yet. 
Oh, she's a comedian. I think I watched the beginning of it. Yes, she was funny. Yes, yes, yes. You gotta watch. You gotta watch like the episodes because she is real. Like some of the like, it's really like mm. it's really creative how they kind of weave in just the reality of being a parent and being a wife and being like a sister and being like a woman and being a woman that has like felony offenses and. You know what I'm saying, and just so like she has a narrative show that is based yeah. off of her stand-up. That's I've based off her stand-up. Stand yeah. Okay, okay. And it's really good. It's like it. I mean, she be cussing her kids out. It's like I mean, even if you saw something like just the first episode, of course, you know you would think like you know what I'm saying going in. It's it, it does kind of turn you off because it's kind of brash mm -hmm. and it's kind of crass it's like but, the real roseanne <laughs> yeah 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 it's like yeah, exactly it's like a real roseanne yeah it's how, how some of us grew up rose yeah right exactly yeah uh-huh no i love it i'm gonna watch that because she is hilarious and that's my type of i like I like Gallo's humor. I like, you know, raunchy humor. So yeah. I feel like oh, it's raunchy. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like her. That's why I say I like her stand up. So I know of her and I'll definitely watch her show. She's that's amazing. Bad. Yeah, that's a that's a good show. Um, so many other it's uh I think I think if I had to pick one more, mm -hmm. um, I think one of my favorite things that I've watched is Wu Tang Clan. Oh, you know, I wanted to watch that, that Hulu series, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's really, 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 really good. Mm -hmm. That's a good series. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just the way that they kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, how they kind of formulate them, how they kind of like bring them together, how they touch on like the individual aspects of their lives, how they kind of, uh, you know, just, just the overall, I just love the fact that they're tapping in, you know what I'm saying? And one of the things of it is, is because I, I I love hip hop a lot. So I just watched like Roxanne Roxanne the other day. Yeah, that's a good one. So, too, yeah. You know, I, I was watching Salt and Pepper, Salt and Pepper <laughs> probably like last weekend or something. So I just love like watching like those hip hop shows, like movies and stuff like that. So, but um, yeah, that's what's up. That's did see, awesome. Did you see? Did you see the uh, trailer for Nope? Not yet, yes, and I know that that's they're saying that it's it's supposed that he's making like a connection, you know, and a universe to all these other stories that he's already, you know, that he put out. So I haven't seen it. Like I said, I'm, I'm I got to catch up, but that's gonna be my next viewing, definitely. I what I don't even need the trailer. I'm just like I'm ready for the movie. Just let me know when they done editing and it's got a release date. Right. What are you watching? Like, what are you watching right now? Well, that's what I was saying. You know, I watched the after party. So basically I'm in the documentary world. So I watch a lot of documentaries and okay. I, um, I, uh, I just watched Flea. Um, that's also on Hulu now. And it's a Academy Award nominated this year. And, you know, it's really, um, it's about uh, the journey of my, of migrants, you know, coming um, to, you know, welcoming nations or trying to get to a nation that will, you know, let them seek asylum. And it's just really interesting and it's animated. Um, it reminds me of this film called Waltz with Bashir um, that was made maybe like 10 or 15 years ago and it was nominated as well. And um, Persopolis, which is this amazing film about immigrants also, you know, and the, and the, the, 
the way they have to evade the law in order to like stay alive. And so, you know, that's also animated. So I have infinity for that. I, I watched, that's the, that's the hardest one I watched. I also watched, um, I think the lens as a, as a chosen weapon that's on HBO. It's about the work and the influence of Gordon Parks on, you know, oh, yeah, 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 modern yeah, yeah. filmmakers. Yeah. And photographers, um, mm-hmm. my, my college, my undergraduate photography TA, um, is, uh, is, is one of the people in the film. So I always, you know, I always love to see her. Yeah. Um, and then I watched um, um, Black Art in the Absence of Light, which is by, by Sam Pollard, um, actually yeah. released last year. I saw and, that. Yeah, I love that too. I've grown yeah. up with art. My family was a family that always collected art, that always purchased art, um, that knew artists, that supported artists. My father's also a filmmaker. And so I just grew up... Um, and in Milwaukee, I grew up in Milwaukee. And so okay, in Milwaukee, okay. it's also, yeah, that's why I said Midwest Club, you know, it's a much smaller, close-knit community. So I really uh, was a performing artist there. So art has just always been a part of my life as well. And so I loved that documentary. It's just like so beautiful and lyrical. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I used to live across, I used to live literally next door to the Astor Gates before he even fully converted his house into the rebuild foundation and then started building other properties. So, mm-hmm. you know, he used to be there. Um, and, I, and we just, I didn't know he was that famous. In fact, he had just made his biggest uh, sale at the time, which was uh, at Art Basel. So that he had come back basically like a hometown hero, like, oh, that's the answer, you know? And then of course he's, he's gotten even more infamous since then. Yeah, so, especially in Chicago right especially now. Especially in Chicago. Yeah. So to see the artwork there, um, you know, and there's a lot of Chicago artists. And again, there were a lot of artists featured from Syracuse, which is where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And I, I, a lot of Black artists went to graduate school at Syracuse. And I like, I went to undergraduate there and I was the only, I felt like a lot of times I was the only Black person in art school. I was, I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm in drawing. There's like no other Black people. My, my senior 2D thesis was on Jacob Lawrence my teacher didn't even know who Jacob Lawrence was wow and that was at Sarah accused okay I got pictures of some of his older pictures that's in um in um in uh you know from um you know he did a lot of paintings over at Fisk University oh yeah well and they talk about that you know how the black universities ultimately became you know, the, the patron for a lot of those artists, especially, you know, during segregation, you know, so anyway, so I watch a lot of documentaries, um, but, you know, I try to watch a mix of, like I said, super serious and, and, and lightweight. I also love fiction and comedy. Like I said, I had actually just watched that Miss Pat stand up too. So yeah, I try to stand up. She has an actual show. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm gonna watch oh, the show oh. too, but I had yeah, just, I, happened, yeah, I just yeah. happened to have also watched her stand-up this week. So I was like, yeah, yeah I, 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 I saw I saw that too. I yeah. <laughs> so the show's even better. But anyway, hey there, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Now please like, subscribe, and follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't worry, if you're not on those, you can still follow us on YouTube for weekly episodes and like and subscribe on Spotify. Do it right now.
but let's get into it so what don't you like why don't you give us a quick rundown what we like to call this the tea time you know what i'm saying so let us know what's going on you know what's going on out here in the industry or what's not good what's not working let us know, you know um i didn't like to miss pat stand up because oh, i felt like it, i felt <laughs> like that was a it, it's a it's in it, some ways it's a bernie mac ripoff mm with the crack baby situation she keeping the you know she got her uh her uh, nieces and nephews yeah right her sister's kids right yeah sister kids and then like crack baby crack baby crack baby crack baby like that's a 90s joke mm-hmm. like in 2020 you know it, it's still people that's on crack mm-hmm. it is you know what i'm saying but it's not as is 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 not a it's not a, it's the thing that's kind of it's past it's right. now. I I could agree with that. I did get that feeling. It was a bit dated, and then it made me kind of wonder. I was like, "Well, how old is she?" Mm. I was like, "Who doing crack still? They still out here doing crack, right?" But maybe they are. <laughs> and it, and it's and it's it, and and not only that, I just feel like okay. So when you watch it, it's like it has because she's so good, right? So off the cuff, she's fucking fire, right? But you could tell like her her show is so is so uh, stilted. It's it's created in a way in which she's she's doing it line by line. She like she rehearsed it. She's doing it like she rehearsed it, and you know she's trying to get the laughs from off the rehearsal you know, or the way that she practiced it. And when they don't come and then she has to go like in that other, in her pocket and bring out another part of it. That's when it's like, oh, there she go. That's yeah. her. You know You're right. I could, I could catch that flow. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You got to adjust to the room. And yeah. instead of adjusting to the room, she just kept adjusting to each joke. Cause she would be yeah. like, Oh, okay, y'all not ready for this. Oh, y'all not, y'all, we got to laugh tonight. Come on, y'all, we got And so I agree, there yeah. wasn't, it was a lot of cajoling yeah. and not a lot of joking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of, so it's kind of like, and, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, not trying to be funny, but a lot of comedians do that. Like a lot of Black comedians do that when we watch their specials. You could tell they just moving by, you know, whatever the next joke's supposed to be, if it's laid on the ground, taped to the ground, mm-hmm. or if it's in their ear or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or how they remember it. But very few comedians, you know, it's one thing to kind of come out there like a poet, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a poet too. And it's one thing as a spoken word artist, when you have a poem, some days when you go out there, you may need to sing that poem. You may not even need to say that. Like, you know, some days you may need to bring energy to that poem. Some days you need, and, and especially when you following the energy, not just the room of the other poets and how they set in the room. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to adjust the type of poem that you're going to do. The one you the one you had in mind that you was going to do, mm-hmm. that one not going to work today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That one is not going to yeah, work. The right, about the police right. is not going to work today. So I, I got everybody coming in here with love poems. And I want to break the ice about talking about my personal life and working every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So maybe not the police poem, maybe not a love poem, but if I just can get them on my side with this, with this, uh, 
with this poem about how I work in this nine to five gig and how every day, you know, and, you know, do my little metaphorical thing or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, stand up, first of all, yes, I agree with you because it's it's a real delicate blend between performance and improv, you know? Yeah. And you have to be practiced enough to have some structure to, because without a structure, you really, like, you just got to be a genius. Right. <laughs> if you don't have, like, some plan of where you're going with your jokes, you 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 just are, you know, you're like, uh, what was his name? Um, I can't even think of his name right now, but <laughs> Jim Carrey, you know. Jim Carrey is, like, one of those people where he could just, like, totally improv the whole thing all night and never yeah. do the same show twice. But most people have to have some type of structure so as somebody who has bombed pretty much all the time i pretty much every time i stand up people just go what the hell did we just watch so i completely understand that you know if you don't have stuff i mean that's part of the game basically you know what i'm saying like you you do got to have some structure and you definitely got to have some stuff in the pocket to be able to pull out you know and um and I think, you know what I really think be happening? I think people get to a certain level of success, especially as a comedian, where you might just be a little, like, a little bit too happy to make jokes. Like, yeah. I just feel like rich, happy comedians can't make any jokes. There's nothing, they don't have anything to talk about. Like, I personally didn't like Dave Chappelle's last stand-up show, but that's only because I actually saw that show two years ago, and I felt like he didn't change it in two years. Now, and, and in that two years, the whole fucking world changed. Why your stand-up didn't change? Like, I really feel like you missed the opportunity to, like, hit us with the new season. You know what I mean? So that's for me as a comedian. I was just offended at how lazy it was. Yeah. You know? So I think that, yeah, I think when it gets to a certain level, they get a certain check. It's hard to joke about being rich. Nobody wants to laugh at that. You know, as far as you complaining that you're a rich person, you know, and you're successful now. That's not funny. Do you have a small business looking to reach the LA market or can you send products anywhere? Then advertise with us, South of Hollywood Podcasts. We'll even try your products or sell them on our online store. That's right. You can reach us on social media at South of Hollywood Podcasts or SOH Podcasts at gmail.com. Like you could be rich and still have like a tripped out life, right? You right. could still have like, you could be wealthy mm-hmm. and still have a great comedy set. Mm-hmm. It's just the thing of it is, is when you start to become particular mm-hmm. about like your experience, that's where you start to lose the crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. when you when you when you keep it kind of universal, that's yeah. when you can like mother-in-laws are just gonna be mother-in-laws. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like like wild and crazy uncles are just wild and crazy uncles. Right, for sure. You you, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. shopping in a grocery store is just shopping in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. It, it like you could be wealthy and go to a grocery store because I mean I, I so I live in Studio City so mm-hmm. you know, so I'm in a grocery store I see you know you know getting coffee mm-hmm. 
They haven't, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if Halle Berry say, my name is Halle, mm -hmm. and the girl behind the, the Starbucks counter writes Dally, mm -hmm. that's just still the same experience. <laughs> like, it doesn't even matter. Like, I'm pretty- Right, that you're rich. Right, yeah. So oh. I, so- so I would so I would tell people my name when I went to Starbucks. So I changed my name completely when I go in Starbucks to I just said my name is Hero H E R O. Mm -hmm. That's Hero. They would they would misspell that. Oh wow, yeah. Well, I'm down to the one letter. I'm gonna be iconic. Just call me <laughs> E. We good. It's E, and nobody ever has to ask me any more questions. And my and I go by Freedom. So. We good. Now I want to get into, you know, my critique though, my critique, yeah. you know, my hot tea about Hollywood. Um, and, and for people that are following the industry and, you know, um, like I said, I work in the actual full-time, you know, side and, you know, there's a lot of buzz talk about like Sundance, um, for instance, I think had, you know, they said the most winners of diverse backgrounds that they've ever, you know, had before. Yeah. So, you know, the real tea in Hollywood is they got a lot of productions and stories and more films and TV about Black people, but it's not enough Black people working in Hollywood and working on the executive side. And, you know, this is not news, but at the same time, it's just, it's constantly coming up where they're like, oh, we're being so, we're so proud of ourselves for, you know, being diverse and having Black History Month on every channel streaming network, you know, has a little category for Black History Month and movies for Black History Month. And, you know, it's important that that equity is actually shared amongst people who actually live and work here, you know, and mm. that, you know, more things are being, you know, more people are being hired as sound engineers, as DPs, you know, as set designers, as cast designers, you know, um, or even the Oscars, like I say, you know, they're nominating more people of color. Now there you got the reverse problem. They nominating more of the staff people of color who of course are, you know, a small limited number and not nominating the actors and the directors and the producers of those who happen to be of color. So we need to up the ante in the Oscars, right? You know, it's like, okay, that's great. We're getting the set designers and the hairstylists and the costume designers. Okay, but what about these filmmakers? What about these actual directors who are coming with visions and ideas and managing their sets and their staff and their crews and making it happen? You know, there's a lot of work involved in making these Hollywood million dollar productions that are at Oscar level. Like, let's get some fucking recognition. Well, what they say, put some respect on our name. Like, right. we got Ava DuVernay out here. I, I don't know. I mean, she gets nominated a lot, but I don't know where her Oscar is. I don't know. So... You know, we need to get out here. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. in my biggest, my biggest critique is I, you know, I, so I teach screenwriting mm -hmm. and a lot of times, cause I lived in Atlanta and a lot of times what happens is you, I meet writers who want to win uh, in, uh, an uh, Academy Award for screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is not your goal. That should not be your number one goal. Your number one goal is not winning some statue that is sitting in your house and you never, and that was the last time you worked. Your job is continuously to put yourself in a position to do the best amount of your greatest work to keep working. That is your goal. You know, mm -hmm. 
you were you you are you you want to thrive in what is considered a project based business. Mm -hmm. And you have to move from project to project to project to project to project. And in the process of doing that, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position where you're creating a longevity, you're creating your legacy, you're creating a love that, that you know, for all the pain that you endure over time of trying to get to that point, you're creating that, that, that moment where you can sit back and you say, I did that, I, I, I wrote that, you know, um, and people and people will give you whatever awards or whatever pats on the back or whatever you know things like that. But at the end of the day, Academy Award, you know, what I'm saying it gets some people paid, but not everybody paid. That's true. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it gets some people, you know, more stature and more status, but not everybody. But even for the people who, you know, from my understanding, from the people who do win Academy Awards, a lot of times what happens is. The reason why they're able to get more status is because they start to evolve with the Academy Award. Like they're evolving in the process of winning that Academy Award. They're not, it, it's not like I'm gonna do the, you know, which is kind of weird, right? You know what I'm saying? Listen to me when I say this, E. Mm -hmm. Listen, Hollywood is, is gonna always be what it is. It's the same thing, different. Mm -hmm. They want the same exact thing, just different. Right. No matter how you twist it, turn it, shape it. And people are like that. We want the same thing different. You know what I'm saying? It's so funny because I was talking to somebody. I'm married. I've been married for about 15 years. And I've been knowing my wife about 20 years. And one of the things about it is, is I was talking to somebody and they said that before my wife, I dated women that kind of resembled my mother. Right. I had sent them this quote. I had sent them this thing that Mike Tyson was talking about. And I'm not trying to get off subject. I'm just, I'm yeah, just OK. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't know how much we enjoy the same thing. Just different is my point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's how Hollywood is. So that's my my biggest critique is we can want to go outside of Hollywood and want something different and want something, um, you know, where it benefits, you know, just a group of people or, or you know, whatever, or the, the macro culture within itself, because we know we dominate the culture. You know? Hey, hey, it's me. Sorry, I just wanted to take a little break. Could you do me one little favor? Could you just subscribe? Yeah, right there. Just hit that button. Just, if you just, could you just hit that, hit that little plus. Yeah, just add us. Make sure we're in your feed so you get our next episode and can comment and let us know what you think. You know, in terms of, of how America is ran, how the world is ran, American, Black American culture dominates that. Exactly. Well, let's talk about, yeah, let's get into your, you know, background. We got a few more minutes left. So, you know, just tell me about, you know, your path and, and what you've been, you know, your reflections on some of the work you know, why you want to create the work you want to create. So a little bit about me, I mean, in, in terms of that is I started, uh, uh, I did a film back in 2003 called uh, Toots and Blows, got a distribution deal for it. And they re retitled it, uh, Welcome to the South Side with, a, uh, in this, with a, a, a distribution company called York Entertainment. And from there, I did another film um, in 2005 called uh, The Party Line. And from there, I did another film called Love Bones, which got a, a indie flicks distributed for me. 
And then in 2000 and um, I think 11, something like that, 2012, I, th I did another film called Final Forever in Love with all these are features. And I did short films and I uh, wrote a film uh, for uh, the Urban Movie Channel, which is now called All Black, um, which is um, it's called Our Dream Christmas. A lot of people like that movie. A lot of people like that movie. Um, that was a good movie. And, I love uh, movie, especially black ones, you know. <laughs> this it's a really good one. You know what it is? It's 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 one of those movies that kind of like it kind of gets you into the comedy of it, and then the twist of it kind of pulls at your heart so hard. It is it like you start to like oh ooh that oh man, and then you know it kind of you know. So it's a it's a good film. Um, wrote that and um wrote on some other things, do some screenwriting consulting with some other stuff that's been on um, streaming networks and stuff like that. And um, I'm not so much as the most sought after, you know what I'm saying, consultant, but I've had my, you know, I've, I've had my share of uh, work, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And what do you, what would you want to say about your experience? You know, what is it like, you know, getting to go from, you know, starting in school to get into the point of, you know, publishing to being a consultant, you know, just give us your advice, you know, how somebody could do something like that. What's, what, you know, what have you learned from your experience? You, it's all about evolving at the end of the day. Like, like, even though I came in as a filmmaker, as a, uh, you know, as a filmmaker, that was a, you know, self-taught filmmaker. One of the things of it is, 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 being able to kind of understand like you have to be patient and it's a it's it really is a marathon it really is one day that can change your life it really is like as cliche as all of that stuff sound it really is those things you know what i'm saying like that people like people wake up one day and they put forth a lot of work and the next thing you know is you know, you, you, you like, you know, oh, no, you uh, signed the contract. Yeah. And the next day your life is different. Yeah. 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 Did you see, did you see the, uh, did you see the documentary, the comedy documentary on Amazon? Yeah. Um, Fat Tuesday. I watched that too. Yes. That's amazing. So, As a comedian, right. I loved every moment of that too. Yes, absolutely. See, so now you see this Tiffany Haddish, that's literally almost, you know, going into her late thirties. Yeah. And then she's 17 years old standing on stage, mm -hmm. you know, like, you she know, doing, yeah. doing her bit, you know, trying to put in her time. Yeah. So you mm -hmm. that and, and one day you, you, so you said, oh, she just came out of nowhere and she's like this horrible comedian and she's just, you know, okay actor or whatever, whatever decision, whatever you have. But at the end of the day, she put her work in. Mm-hmm. You know, she put she put yes. that work in. Twenty and, years, okay, twenty five plus years, yeah. Yes, you know what I'm saying, Kevin, put that work in. So okay. when you see them doing all these different things, now it's 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 not the fact that they haven't worked. It's just the fact that one day just changed their life, mm -hmm. and the fact that you know what I'm saying. You have to keep in mind that Hollywood wants the same thing, just different. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, that's all they want. They just they they. It's kind of like. It's so weird, right? It's a good and a bad thing. Yeah, because I, I tell people this. I've been telling people this in development for several years. There is a formula. And you have to decide sometimes, do you want to be an artist and really focus on the integrity of the story? And, and like you said, get outside the box. Because sometimes that's revolutionary too. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have the art form we have for people who said, I will do it exactly the way I want to do it. 
and show right. the world what it looks like. So that's okay too. I and that's the other thing you learned about Hollywood. You can't never say nobody won't make it because anybody that puts in the work can make it. It don't matter if it's good or bad or you like it or they don't. Anybody that actually puts in the work and stick around and, and grind it out and come back and come back and come back, they're going to be successful. And that's what it is when you look at the stories of people who, like you said, quote unquote, got a break or made it. When you yeah. look back at it, no, they were working. They but, were working but, the whole time. Determining, you know, like one of the things is, uh, you know, you know, for the making it, you know what I'm saying? The goal is to stay working. That's the goal. You know, made it is working is making it. Like a lot of people are so enamored with the lights and the glitz and the glamour of what Hollywood is. That's cool. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you know, your goal is to be working. And Hollywood does work as a nine to five. You know, like I had to send out some emails on Thursday and I was getting responses back on Thursdays. Like, look, I won't be back till the 17th. Like, I won't be back. I won't like these are producers. These are like they downtime. It's over. Look, I, I didn't put my I didn't get hired for jobs. I go in. They like, look, I'm just going to let you know we nine to five over here. I don't know what you did. <laughs> just, you know what you did over there, but we nine to five up in here. So. And you you thinking to yourself like nine to five, like you know yeah you might have to come in a couple of weekends but you know maybe a couple of ten hour days but you, it's pretty much we getting off at five o'clock you know you come in at four you come in at eight you out of here four thirty all right see you later so you know so I get it I understand that's one of the things and even when I even as a even as a director like I don't like you know what I'm saying I don't know if you watched the the uh, the stuff that I sent you but. Uh, one of the things, even as even as doing Love the American Way, one of the things of it is like every, every like all of the actors in Love the American Way, except maybe one, is a first time actor. That's their very first time ever acting. So being able to kind of push them a little bit and being able to kind of get them to you know and have them to work on a set where we only worked eight hours a day, have them work on a set where where they were asked you know how they felt. You know, what did they think? You know, like like making it more synergy, you know, stand driven. So um, yeah, you know, that's that's the biggest thing for me, you know what I'm saying right now is love the American way is a uh, is a a web series we started, we didn't get a chance to finish it. Um during the pandemic, it, it we had eight episodes, we only filmed two and a half episodes, and out of those two and a half episodes, I created five five-minute episodes and um I love television writing, um, which is one of my next, uh, that's my next thing to achieve is to really get into the television writing uh, rooms and stuff. I got shows that's like being looked at and all of that, you know, you know, the conversations. I got the con work nonstop. Yeah. yeah. I got the conversations and all of that stuff. Uh, one, I got, uh, uh, I got a show that has been through two executive like changes. So it's like they want the show, then they move, and then the next people come in, and they get rid of all of the stuff that the last person. But my show stayed. So it's like they won, then the next person came in, and they like, yeah, we getting rid of everybody. And then my producer, you know, the producer, you know, pitch it, and it's like, no, we want that show. So we on the third executives right now. So hopefully this, you know, and then I just, you know, got a call for another person. Um, well, yeah, 
Yeah, question. that's definitely the industry. Yeah, it's it's definitely a winding road. It's not it's a, a winding line or destination. Yeah, it's definitely the road that you want. And if you keep putting out that positive energy, you know what I'm saying? If you keep putting out that positive, but in the meantime, between time, I try to tell people like, you know, you have to write, you have to do those things, but also, you know, to kind of help me to also everything else that I'm, that I have goals of doing, I teach screenwriting, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and I wrote a book called the uh, film mechanic uh, screenwriting workbook, which is, I didn't really want to say this, like, cause I don't really like saying this, but I'm the first black person that ever wrote a screenwriting book on the process of screenwriting. Like nobody, like it's other people that has that teach classes on it. They teach class on screenwriting, but very, very, very rarely do people talk about the process of screenwriting. And they, even if you go like to film festivals, like that's a big thing. Like film festivals don't even have components where they talk about screenwriting at all. And every single thing that's actually in there is based on somebody either screenwriting or writing a treatment or something like that. So mm -hmm. kind of like just kind of just keeping that, you know, us as writers, um, you know, just trying to keep us alive, you know what I'm saying, with the, in terms of screenwriting, you know, really developing like how we tell stories because I think once we understand how to tell a story from our perspective, mm -hmm. like the Harlem Renaissance was really good at telling stories from, you know, their perspective. But I think once we kind of start telling stories from our perspective, I think it'll get, you know, like a lot, lot better. You know, our storytelling to get a lot, a lot better. You know, insecure is one of those things, but of course, with insecure, you have a lot of producers that says no. You know, so even things that they wanted to do, you know, as they did it as black as they can do it, you know what I'm saying? But as they became, as we become more enamored with the show, of course, you know, the macro culture starts to swarm to it and starts to you know starts to look at it and once the macro culture starts to look at it then they like you know is that's and that's why they did that the first episode of the last season was about remember mm -hmm. did you watch insecure mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm -hmm. it was about crenshaw right mm -hmm. yeah being, being too what too black yes too black. Definitely. See what i'm saying so that was the, that was metaphorically definitely. Mm -hmm. That's how it kind of like, that's how it kind of is, you know what I'm saying? So, definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I got to get to the next interview too, but why don't you just tell us how we can follow you and stay in touch and, you know, let people know where they can see more of your work? Okay. So, my name is Derry Titan. You can always get in touch with me at my name, DerryTitan.com. Um, that's how you kind of stay in touch. I mean, I'm on. I have a, uh, I, I do the film mechanics page, which as you can see, it's called the film mechanics, <laughs> you know, and it's a group of us. Uh, I've been doing it for a couple of years now, a few years now. I have a book called the film mechanic. I have a podcast called the film mechanics, awesome. uh, screenwriting podcast. And um, it's really for beginning screenwriters to kind of help them through the process. Not, not it, like it's one thing to sit down and have a movie in your head and try to write it over the course of seven months to three years, but how do you structure that thing? You know, and a lot of times people don't know about structure. They don't know about outlining. They don't know how to write, a, uh, you know, you know, the two journeys that, you know, characters go on, which is the inner and external journey, uh, internal external journey that they go on. A lot of times they, you know what I'm saying? So dairytight.com. That's what's up. <laughs>